Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, quick thing. Just wanted to say we have clothes and accessories and all kinds of stuff like that now at www.mygoodbadbrain.com which you can buy if you want things like that. And also, if you want to support the pod, you can go to patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain, which really does help immensely. So it's just leaving nice reviews. Okay. Thank you. Theme music. Welcome to my good bad brain. I'm a normal person, so I'm insane. I've got depression and ADHD, but I'm doing better since I medicated me. I'm still not always sure whether I exist or what being a person even really is. But I figured out a long time ago that being alive is beautiful. Hi. Welcome back to my good bad brain. When I was a small child, I would sometimes sleep over at my grandmother's house. She lived in the south side of Chicago. And at night, the apartment could never truly be dark as far brighter than the moon or the stars was an entire city skyline. Clouds of ambient streetlight all coalesced and seeming to float like fog through the atmosphere. I could hear sirens in the distance, which seemed to shimmer themselves on their edges as if heat mirage could be also heard. The keening sirens never made me think of the bad things that had caused their need, but only of those driving fast to help, like singing city wolves, mournful in tone, but not in essence, strong in the distance echoing up to me on my grandma's couch. For some reason, this is what I kept thinking of as I listened to your experiences from the Good Bad Brain hotline. These sounds in the night. Maybe the warm timbre of your voicemails, the honesty and sincere performance or expression, I don't know. It's sort of meta. But... That thing, I think we can only get alone with a recording device. (sighs) Though much of 
speaking of our experiences with mental health challenges is not necessarily pleasant in the traditional sense. On that note, I would say, you know, this is a trigger warning episode for sure. People were wonderful and shared some difficult stories. There's some mentions of suicide and um, sexual assault uh, stuff and, and uh, you know, it's good, bad brain, man. People are honest and they share about tough stuff. So lots about just mental illness, depression in general. It's not always easy. But I will say, even these difficult stories, or maybe especially them, they're so comforting, what you've done. It is so kind. And so, I mean... Several of you expressed one way or another being unsure if what you were saying was helpful, hoping that it would be even going so far as to apologize, perhaps unconsciously, perhaps not. And my dears, my darlings, I don't know how to express this enormously enough. So I will simply say and hope it resonates with you. You are a gift and have nothing to apologize for. This will be our first sharing of the Good Bad Brain Hotline. It has become something so much more beautiful than I imagined it could be, and it is that way because of you. I originally intended to make these tapes each devoted to a single medication or therapy, but your stories were more complicated than that and more difficult than that and more beautiful than that, and I think to honor them, I felt they needed to breathe and exist. I did a little bit of editing and I added some music thanks to Jason Scardamalia because I still love the idea of the dream tape and because I'm theatrical and I can't escape being a fucking artist. But I did my best to share you honestly and with love. You've been so generous sharing your stories with us. You know, on that artist thing, I am not a healthcare professional, which I mention partly as the requisite disclaimer that you should not receive anything here as any sort of professional advice from any of us. But simply and more vitally, as the true experiences of other human beings with good, bad brains like yours. Or not like yours. Or maybe they're like yours because they're not like yours. You know what I mean? Receive them as stories. I'm still just a person, trying to be, at least, and I still tend to see everything through this lens of artistic expression, and I think Good Bad Brain seems at its best when it is finding this interconnected and rooted place that I have only experienced elsewhere in live theater. There's like a fourth wall separating the audience and the performer, and an anonymity of crowd and character, which somehow impossibly creates this direct channel between souls. But the one thing, the one true thing about my good, bad brain that I found to be true over and over and over and over, it is that simply sharing our stories is powerful. I have no agenda with good, bad brain. You know, like, 
I, I left everything good and bad in here. Some people have good experiences. Some people have bad experiences with medication, you know, things like that. And some people will give their advice, but it's just their advice, you know. I have no agenda here other than doing my best to be honest, doing my best to create a place of validation and invisible community and quiet solidarity. And so in the interest of that, I am going to start sharing your words. I, uh, I'm going to finish my little intro here. Um, I'm going to kick off with a message I received that I will read, which if you are interested in sharing your story but not comfortable using your voice, you can always send me at mygoodbadbrain at gmail.com or on my Instagram at Jarrett underscore sleeper, which I am more likely to miss, but works sometimes. You can also send me audio recordings at that email, mygoodbadbrain at gmail.com if you're outside the U.S. or something and the Google Voice number uh, for the hotline, which is 213-537-4033, would cost you money or something. But um, I digress. So <clears throat> here we go. I thought this message would be a good intro to the experiences shared for the rest of the tape. So... I've never taken any meds for fear of it being the wrong one for whatever imbalance I may or may not have. There's always been a part of me that is terrified that taking the wrong thing will make it even worse, even more off balance. The fact that some of them take time, weeks to become effective, scares me. Because the reverse is true as well, no? If it's the exact wrong drug for me, then it takes weeks to figure it out and then weeks for it to dissipate. So I've got myself even more jacked up for months with this little brain chemistry experiment, which has been proctored by some asshole who doesn't know me, hasn't even spoken to me for a full fucking hour, and doesn't give a single solitary shit about me. Throw in possible side effects and my analysis paralysis is full throttle. Anywho, I've always wanted to call in to share, but it doesn't feel particularly relevant. Since you ask for experiences with specific drugs, and I have none, peruse, ignore this at your leisure, dear sir. I never know what's relevant, but I know that anything I have been given from the people who have connected through this strange thing has been so. Thank you. I'm going to let y'all take over. Hey, Jared. Um, so I just saw your story on Instagram, and I just wanted to say thank you for doing this project because I know um, I've definitely been kind of secret about well, not secret, but more or less private about like my mental health, especially when it comes to my family. I grew up in like a family that really is kind of like a little bit judgmental. Um, so the medication that I started this past year um, is Prozac. I just had a series of mental breakdowns and panic attacks and anxiety attacks and um, just like episodes where I would like completely disassociate 
Um, so I went to a doctor, got it diagnosed, sure enough, do have anxiety. Um, and I got prescribed Prozac. Um, so starting off with Prozac, I went in small dosages to get my body used to it. And then I started um, a higher dosage. And right off the bat, like, it made me feel really happy. And it kind of made me seem like it seemed like the world was in color and that everything was like brighter and happier and the world wasn't really a part of my language but a shitty place um and then one day i had a huge panic attack at um during a drive to school and i had read the side effects of prozac and sure enough it was like basically there's going to be days where you're medication where Prozac is going to give you anxiety attacks but that's just like a side effect of it which is really kind of stupid because it's a medication for anxiety but yet it causes anxiety hit or miss yeah that that sucks so I stopped taking Prozac um after you know after like a day of not taking Prozac I just felt worse than I did than even um before starting the medication and it was just really this like weird kind of like mood or like funk that I was in for like a week straight. Hey, Jarrett. So first time I, it really hit me that I needed to go on medicine. I was a senior in high school and instead of going to a psychiatrist, I went to my doctor. I let her know what was going on. And the first thing she prescribed was Prozac. It was the best decision of my life. Um, the best thing that could have happened to me, honestly. Um, it was the best thing that happened to me in a long time in that point because one week after taking it, I, it was like I woke up a new person and like so much weight had been lifted off my shoulders and I could, I could think clearly. I, I could eat normally. I was sleeping better. I wasn't thinking about self-harm. I wasn't thinking about how bad everything was. I could just live instead of existing. And that was such a powerful moment for me. Um, I got really lucky with Prozac and I am so grateful for it. I would say my story is probably not the typical. Some people, their first dose is like either not enough or too much would not recommend going off of your medication much um, because little known fact it reduces the effectiveness in your brain so this summer i was hospitalized and basically had my med reevaluated found out that when you stop taking your meds they lose their effectiveness and i had to start over so they prescribed me lamotrigine and latuda I believe they are both antipsychotics, um, which sounds kind of scary, but for a lot of people who struggle with depression and post-traumatic stress, um, these are very important medications. I remember in the hospital, I was having really weird <laughs> like brain fog. About a week or so after uh, I was out of the hospital, I was having brain zaps. Um, I don't know if anyone has ever had that happen, but you feel like 
weird pulsating zapping in your brain, like not on your skin, but like in your brain. It is very uncanny, very uncomfortable. <laughs> um, and as someone who struggles with health anxiety, it's extremely difficult. <laughs> but um, it can be a normal part of the process, but I would always recommend anyone who has that symptom to please notify a doctor or health professional because it could be something bad. In my case, it was not bad. But I've been on these medications for uh, six months now, and they have really helped me become a more effective and lively person. Um, I can't imagine, you know, if I had stayed on fluoxetine that I had stopped taking for a while, if I had just stayed with it and I, I had not gone to the hospital, I don't know where I would be in my mental health journey. Um, so yeah, I hope that's helpful and important. Um, you're doing great work. Thanks. So when I was in high school, which was about maybe six or seven years ago, I was diagnosed with depression and, um, I later found out uh, that I was misdiagnosed, oh, sort of, because I have bipolar depression, and depression is subsumed by bipolar disorder, for me anyway. And so back then, I was prescribed Wilbutrin, and that was really weird. Within, like, a few days of, like, first time to take it, I noticed that I was, like, having these, like, weird racing thoughts about like I don't know biting people and then I told I told my psychiatrist and she was like oh you're having mania which was the first sign that this was misdiagnosed as depression instead of bipolar but instead of knowing that she gave me um, a different medication which I think was a bill of five to sort of uh, stabilize that mania and that worked out fine, but then I noticed that my hearing started changing. Like everything, voices stayed the same, but song, song specifically, everything seemed like a tone lower. And for someone that was going through depression, that was kind of like a weird thing to have to experience all of your favorite songs over again and different from what you remembered and found comfort in. Um, I think it's the best now, but if that helps anyone, I don't, I don't know if that will help anyone, because that's pretty weird. Meditation, thinking, hearing. I'm not on that medication anymore, by the way. I'm on Lamictal now. Lamictal's a good mood stabilizer, as long as you don't get the rashes. Bye, Jared. Hey, Jared. Um... I'm 30 years old. When I was about 24, I was on Prozac for about three months. And my overwhelming feeling was that um, I, I couldn't feel my emotions. That's how I felt on Prozac. Um, and it kind of caused me to act out in ways that I was actually trying to avoid that were likely causing my depression, such as um, staying up too late, uh, drinking too much with friends, or by myself. Um, 
because I was trying to feel things that I, I wasn't feeling as opposed to what I was expecting from an antidepressant. It wasn't my first antidepressant. I think it was, that was my second. I took Zoloft first in college. Um, and then Prozac, I took a substantial amount of time afterwards. But um, I was expecting to just feel able to manage my feelings more so than not feel them at all. Um, so that's kind of the experience I had with Prozac. Um, and I went on Wellbutrin after that, um, had a similarly disheartening experience in terms of just not really being able to deal with emotions, but just having them blocked altogether. So that's my experience with that. Um, I hope that's helpful. Hi, um, I've taken every medicine that's been readily available to me. Um, I've been inpatient over 13 times in one residential treatment facility. Um, so yeah, um, so I struggled with a lot of things in my life. I was molested when I was four and I just, I don't know, that kind of really affected me. Um, and yeah, so I grew up like with a really bad, like, this is my fault kind of thing. And I developed bulimia whenever I was like 14, and that didn't go out well. I started to have really bad heart problems, and so yeah, so I have to start going in for treatment for that. I've tried killing myself like too many times to count, even, and it's just it was very tiring because it's just like. It's fucking trying to kill yourself. It's hard work. Like, I don't... That's not something that I want to do. It just felt necessary, if that makes sense. I'm a trans woman, so... Like, being on estrogen and stuff, everything is intensified. And so I have borderline personality disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, and EDNLS. Um... I'll probably just mainly describe my experience with my eating disorder here. I was in high school and I wasn't really, I was trying like all these diets and stuff like that. And then eventually I started taking a bunch of diet soap. I would take like upwards of 13 a day. I would take like five different kinds and take them three times a day. It was crazy. You know, then I started throwing up. In the morning, I would tell my mom that I'd eat breakfast at school and I didn't. I was on the free lunch program, so I felt super guilty about, like, not eating whenever I was there. What I did was I just used it and got, like, a Diet Coke. And so I would, like, you know, I wouldn't consume any calories throughout the day other than, like, maybe, like, less than 10 that are, like, you know, contained in the Diet Pill capsules, like, the gelatin and vegetative and stuff like that. Um, and then at the end of the day, my mom would cook dinner most nights, if not all of them, um, and I would throw it up. So I restricted myself to under 400 calories, even if I was eating. So that way, whenever I purged, you know, you retain about anywhere from 10% to more, depending on how quickly you vomit afterward or purge. 
so it was about where I was consuming less than 100, like for sure, no matter what. And I was dropping pounds like, like it was nothing. I was losing two pounds a day. I eventually got to um, a point where I was, the weight loss was slowing down because my metabolism was shutting down. And so my mom took me in to a facility and they got me on a nose-drip thingy, a food tube. It was horrible. That's when I realized that I had a problem and it was insane. So I went there and I had to go every day. I wasn't allowed to weigh myself. It was, I don't know how to describe other words. And like, it was just ridiculous. My brain was so fuzzy and I wasn't even able to complete like schoolwork. I would just be sitting in the nurse's office all day. Like, it was ridiculous. Um, I'm sorry if I'm rambling. You're probably not even gonna hear this. I don't know. I've had relapses here and there, and as a medication for, you know, being and having an eating disorder, there really is none. They give you like an antidepressant, and I, since I was bulimic, they gave me this medicine. It's called naltrexone. It's for people who are, have opioid addictions. It's supposed to like stop the brain function from like making it feel good to purge, and so that helped a lot in my recovery, but it's not long-term medication so it's like i was on it for a month and i gained like less than half of what i lost and so i it just i don't know i feel like especially with eating disorders there is no full there is no ever like remission i just i don't know how to describe it i mean i threw up yesterday and it's not becoming like you know three times a day like it was or once not eating like it was but I just, I don't know. It kind of sounds silly, sorry. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I definitely feel like the whole body issues stemmed from being molested at a young age. And I definitely didn't help that I wasn't comfortable in my body in the first place. Like, you know, trying to accept myself as a man, but I wanted to be a skinny man, but I'm really a woman. <laughs> you know, I don't know, whatever. You don't even want to hear it. I'm so sorry. Bye. Hi. Um, I am taking Wellbutrin, and besides that, I self-medicate with um, alcohol way too frequently. Um, I was on Wellbutrin for a few months for my anxiety and depression, um, and... Within those few months, I did try to commit suicide and failed, luckily, I think. And um, so now I'm scared to take it again, even though the doctor recommends it. Um, the doctor also put me on antabuse, um, which is a medication that will make me... Um, incredibly ill if I drink any alcohol um, which I took for a bit but have stopped and I'm still self-medicating with alcohol um, I don't know why I'm calling um, 
Clyde Jarrett. I'm probably older than most of the people that are going to call because your audience is probably younger. Um, I'm 49, and I suffered with anxiety and depression and panic attacks. The anxiety and panic attacks actually started when I was around two. One of my very first memories is my first panic attack. And I languished with that until I was 30. It got so bad that I became agoraphobic. And I finally, to my just my primary doctor, I said, hey, is there anything we can do about my anxiety? And um, I even said, I told him, you know, my aunt had gone on Paxil, and I said it worked really well for her. Do you think Paxil, because I've also had really bad social anxiety. Let me put that in there. Do you think Paxil will help? He put me on Paxil, and it's like someone turned on the lights. Uh, things went from black and white to color. I was able to get out of the house again. I was not having anxiety. I was not having panic attacks. wasn't having depression. Um, uh, I did not get an official diagnosis until my mid-30s when I actually decided to do some therapy when I was going through a divorce. My actual... Um, Diagnosis is a generalized anxiety disorder with panic attacks, duh, and general depression. Um, I do, there's some things in, in there about me having issues with authority, and, and in the past, that I, they said that I was prone to histrionics, which I'm kind of a drama queen, so yeah, it's probably true, and avoidance, avoidant issues, which I don't have anymore thanks to meditation. That medica- I medicate the crap right out of that. My experiences have been good. I have had no side effect issues with anything. I have responded really well to everything. And I know that is not the case with a lot of people. But I think also I see a lot like in in the like the internet world where people aren't waiting long enough for it to work. I know that people don't respond well always respond well to medication or sometimes it takes like a thirty days and they give up before that thirty days because they just want relief of, of their anxiety. But I always encourage people, just be, just listen to your doctor, do what your doctor says, you know, be compliant. And but be also be very vocal and very honest with them with any concerns you have. And that's just the only way it's going to work for you. I did do therapy after my divorce because I was in an abusive relationship. And I wanted, I, spent, I did, dedicated two years of my life to, making myself better in a multitude of ways and like every way spiritually physically emotionally so that I never do that again I never allow that again and uh, I was in therapy and it was great but you know we kind of got me I, I got my head straight and we got my meds straight and you know I, I know some people feel shame for the mental illness and I did but it's one reason I didn't get help till I was 30. I want to say that I'm since I'm 49 and I've been in treatment for 19 years for my mental illness. I, I feel like I can impart, you know, because of the length of time, I can impart at least a little tiny bit of wisdom. Don't be ashamed of being mentally ill. If you want to get technical, everybody's got something that's not right in some way about them. We are all messed up. No one's perfect. And there is no shame in being mentally ill. It is just simply no different than like having freckles or 
you know, being born with with some kind of like little defect or something, you know, it, a heart defect or whatever. You literally were born going to have these problems. It is literally your biological makeup. And it's not like it's something did. And it's not like it's something shameful. I mean, there, there's nothing shameful in it. You were born that way. And that is how you were meant to be. You know, and so you need some medication. So you need some therapy. So what? You know, people with like heart defects and things like that need medication and, and, and you know, the doctor and things like that. You need to just look at it that way like it is no different than like a biological, physical issue that you would take medication for or see a doctor for. It's It's the same thing. And if people can't handle it, maybe those people don't need to be in your life because they're judging you for something you can't help, and that's not fair. Okay, that's all I have to say. That's all I wanted to say. Bye. Thanks again to Coda for making our theme song with me and Jason Scardamalia for all the wonderful music in today's tape. If you would like to anonymously include your story in future traditions of the MGBB hotline, please feel free to call 213-537-4033 and leave a message. It will cut you off in three minutes, but if you call back with more to say, I will figure it out and put them together. If you dig the pod, check out patreon.com slash mygoodbagbrain and... Oh new stuff we also have various merch items available at mygoodbedbrain.com i especially like the stuff i made with this uh, little dopey on it who's just like a sweetie little baby dopamine molecule i started trying to remember at least some parts of my brain just want me to feel okay <laughs> okay hydrate self-care be well A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.